0: Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast, where I will be talking about practicing witchcraft as a solitary witch and tips for researching, learning, and sharing about witchcraft. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Maggie Hazeman. So let's start by talking about what it actually means to be a solitary witch. The most simple definition is a practitioner of magic who chooses to work alone. Now, there are many reasons that someone might choose to practice witchcraft alone. Maybe you live too far away from other people who practice, so it would be impractical to attend meetings or events. Maybe you find connecting with your practice is easier when you are by yourself. Maybe you had an unpleasant experience with another witch in the past or with a coven and you're sick of the drama. Or maybe you've been forced to become solitary due to a global pandemic. So there are many benefits to being a solitary witch, but something that makes it kind of challenging is that your magical education is in your own hands. So you are required to plan your own rituals and create your own spells and collect all your own materials. You have to know what information is trustworthy, and you have to be your own motivating force. All of this you do alone. On the other hand, solitary witchcraft can be super rewarding, especially if you have the right foundations. And for this reason, I have collected some tips to help you build that foundation for your solitary practice. So the first thing that I want you to remember is that even if you are solitary, you aren't alone. So your work may be alone as a solitary witch, but you as a person and as a witch are not alone. You may find yourself becoming lonely on this solitary path, and I want you to know that this is common among solitary witches. Many of us start learning witchcraft on our own, and there comes a point when you want a second opinion about the results of your spell, or the way that you interpreted your tarot cards. Or you want to discuss witchcraft with others who really get you and know what you're talking about, and I don't mean your cat. Or maybe you want to learn new techniques and methods for manifesting your desires and remove those limiting beliefs and learn about this from people you know and can have discussions with. Unfortunately, it's not always easy to find other people like us who share our interests in magic and herbs and crystals and astrology, the tarot and other occult topics. In fact, it can even be harmful to admit that you are passionate or even curious about witchcraft. Many witches, and I've spent time with thousands, tell me that they've felt judged or excluded at some point simply because they practice witchcraft. Whether by choice or by circumstance, the vast majority of modern witches are isolated and solitary in their craft. But being among like minded individuals builds strong bonds with other witches and it gives you the support and encouragement that you need to stay connected with your witchcraft practice on a daily basis. And that's why I created Mumbles Academy and the membership program associated with, or what we affectionately call, the Mumbleship. And you are always welcome to join us in this coven of modern witches who are seeking to improve their witchcraft practice and manifesting skills and to connect more deeply to their intuition in their everyday lives. So inside the Mumbleship, you have access to to over 25 magic topics and masterclasses, over 50 magical resources, including spells, charts, and worksheets, and a member-led discussion forum. And all of this is designed to help you boost your manifesting confidence and connect you with your witchy circle. All you have to do to join us is go to mumblesacademy.com. So you can share yourself, your practice, and what you know with other people here. You can have conversations and discussions about witchcraft topics. And of course, solitary work is very personal, so it's totally valid to keep your work to yourself. Besides, what works for you might not work for other people. But if it does feel right to you and you feel like you can help someone who needs help in a way that you can help them, then you can take that opportunity to share some of your successes and guide them in a way that you can help them. Because you might actually have something that could help them. The main point here is that being solitary doesn't mean that you have to be alone. You can find some sort of community and I hope that you join us in the Mumbleship and join that community. But wherever you are, I hope that you find people that you can share yourself with. Now, another important step to take in your solitary witchcraft practice is to clarify your intention for practicing in the first place. So, ask yourself this question. Why am I interested in self-initiation and a solitary practice? Now, of course, there, is, there are hundreds of correct answers to this. And whatever you do answer is the correct answer. This will come to you by examining your own experiences, your own hard work and creativity and persistence and determination and wisdom and intuition. And also remember that whatever you answer today might not be the answer to this question tomorrow. Your answer will probably change and grow as you do. So just check back in with yourself and. Ask this question again and again so that you don't lose track of your original intent. And make sure that you adjust your answer periodically to reflect those changes in yourself. Now along these lines, you'll also want to document your core beliefs. Once you've written down what you believe about witchcraft and spirituality, the universe we live in, etc., sign it, date it, and place it in your journal, grimoire, or book of shadows, whatever you call your magic book. And it's a really good idea to reevaluate this as well every year. So choose a time each year to re-examine it. You might choose to start to reexamine this at the start of the witch's year, which is Samhain on October 31st in the Northern Hemisphere, or maybe the start of the astrological year when the sun moves into Aries on March 21st. Or new Year's Day is a common time to re-examine your intentions and set new goals. So that's January 1st. You get to decide whatever feels right to you. And when you do look at this document again, think about what you meant when you wrote it and what you've learned since then about your beliefs. Because your mindset might not have changed at all over the year or you may find that you have taken your practice in a completely new direction. And at that point you will want to reevaluate whether the direction you're going in is where you want to go, or maybe you need to redirect yourself. So reevaluate your core beliefs and rewrite and review everything that you believe about witchcraft, your motivations, your beliefs, your values, and your concerns, everything that goes into your witchcraft practice. Okay. So the next series of tips have to do with the actual research and note taking process. So first, make sure that you check your information, especially when it comes from the internet. The internet is a wonderful place. It gives us this opportunity to learn almost anything with the click of a button. This also means that there is an overwhelming amount of information available to us and this can be really challenging, especially if you're not sure where to start. So as you research, you may find contradictory information between two sources. And this often occurs when witches write about magical uses for certain materials based on their experience. So it's okay to ask a writer questions about their choices and why they wrote, wh- where they got their information. Many witch bloggers and authors do this work because we love talking about witchcraft, and we are more than happy to discuss our choices with you. These discrepancies between texts can also happen because some cultures have different uses for different materials like herbs or crystals and some cultures have the same name for different practices or beliefs. So there's nothing inherently wrong with this. It's just something that you might come across and you also might find that as you go along, some materials or practices work better for you in another setting than how you originally learned it. So as you're researching, and you're going to be doing a lot of reading, make sure that you cross-reference the information you find online with at least one other source. Just as you would with any other research that you would do. Diversify your sources so that you are not following just one teacher or author. Look for sources written by people who belong to the culture the practice or material, etc. comes from try to mix in traditional text with modern witchcraft so you don't miss out on the origin of the folk traditions and please don't forget to keep track of your sources whether you are sharing information publicly or keeping it private just for yourself write down the source in your notes it's important to give credit to the author because they have done a considerable amount of work to create these resources for you and they deserve to have credit for that work So respect their creativity and maintain your personal integrity by keeping track of who wrote this original work. Another reason to keep track of your sources is because you may need to come back to it later to clarify something. Perhaps you wrote down something incorrectly or incompletely, or your writing got smudged in some way, and if you haven't written the source, then you won't know where to look to find it again. Above all, as you're researching, trust your intuition. If something nudges you to try something different from what is written in the book, it's okay to experiment. And if something really doesn't feel right to you or like something you don't even wanna try, it's okay to not. (laughs) That's, you don't have to do everything. Finally, whenever you learn something new that aligns with your vision for your witchcraft practice, try it for yourself as soon as possible. This is a use it or lose it journey And if you're not using what you learn, you'll probably forget it. So make sure you use what you found anytime you learn something new and give this experience a chance to teach you. Now, the last thing I want to share with you in this episode is the importance of skepticism to witchcraft, especially for the solitary witch. Without skepticism, it's impossible to separate the magic we see in Hollywood from the real life magic we actually experience. So skepticism is how we keep ourselves safe from following authors and leaders blindly. It's how we help ourselves and others before we fall too deeply into unhealthy delusions. Remember that blind faith is not true belief. Blind faith is an unwillingness to remedy your beliefs when presented with objective realities. Skepticism, on the other hand, is a reminder that one cannot be 100% certain about any knowledge and it's an invitation to ask questions. Skepticism leads us to more knowledge. If humans knew all the answer, then there would be no more questions. So modern magic tends to walk this paradoxical line of belief and reason. We know things as certain that the ancients did not, and technology provides tools some old dreamers could never dream. But there is also a need for imagination and things that are sacred and mysterious. As a witch, you walk this line between sacred and secular, what is known and what is unknown, and as a witch, you study things that are both material and immaterial. So it's only natural to be a skeptic. When your worry and doubt plague your magic, ask why you have these fears. Ask why you wish to believe in magic or practice at all. I've spent almost a decade practicing witchcraft and I go through the ups and downs of rejoicing in the divine and doubting my magic, but I keep going, I keep studying, and I keep listening. There's no reason to be afraid of my skeptical thoughts or doubts. I acknowledge them, I give them space, I incorporate them into an ongoing discourse between myself and the universe. And there's no reason for you to fear your inner skeptic either. Embrace them and their critical eye. A witch does best when they are discerning with their studies and practices. So keep praying, tell your gods, the universe, your spirits, all about your doubts. Cast spells in spite of internal critics and be open to answers that aren't conventional. Witches can be open-minded to seek knowledge that others perhaps deemed impossible. And if you wonder if that knowledge is truly impossible, all the better. You just need to keep the possibility in mind. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Talk Witchcraft. Let's review what we learned today. I talked about solitary witchcraft and what that means. I reminded you that solitary doesn't mean alone and about the importance of community. I shared the importance of documenting your intentions and your core beliefs, as well as some tips for researching spiritual and witchcraft practices. Finally, I gave you some information about skepticism in witchcraft. So you can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog 008. Join me next Tuesday when we talk about kitchen witchcraft, what to do if you can't cook or don't like to cook, how to deal with a tiny kitchen or an awkward space, and how to manage the other people in your home when you share a kitchen with others. Make sure that you have subscribed so that you are notified about each new episode, and this helps other witches find this show. If you would please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts, I would super appreciate it. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook with the handle at mumblesandthings, and join us in the Talk Witchcraft Facebook group to chat about this episode with other witchy folks just go to TalkWitchCraft.com. Wait, don't go yet! Thanks for listening to Talk Witchcraft with me, Maggie. If you've enjoyed this episode, I invite you to check out MumblesAcademy.com. Mumbles Academy is the place to be for intuitive souls at any stage of their witch path. Whether you are a wildling at the very beginning of your witchcraft journey and are looking for a safe learning environment, A creator who is committed to your practice and wants to develop your witchcraft skills even more, or a sage who is full of wisdom already and wants to share what you know with others, Mumbles Academy was designed for you. With monthly masterclasses and live Q&As, an extensive archive of courses and trainings, and a supportive community to help you along the way with encouragement and advice. Mumbles Academy is the perfect place for you to be as you continue on your witch path.